Good morning and praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today, Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. And we're glad you found us on social media, whether you're watching live right now or this time next year. Whenever it is, we praise God that our paths have crossed. Get your Bible, if you will. Make sure you see with your own eyes what we're discussing today. And the Lord will bless you even more so than just sitting there listening to me. It's not that you can't get a blessing by just listening, but if your eyes are laid upon the written Word of God, there's a greater chance that He's going to be able to impart the truth into your heart, and I promise you that. Don't forget that everything we do is either live on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, or as the Monday and Friday morning episodes are loaded after they're done an hour or two later uh, if it takes that long. But uh, you can find everything that we do here at Crossway Church on the YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316. I encourage you to go and subscribe to that channel and uh, there you'll see things that we do that we don't do live on Facebook such as the overflow episodes. We're, I'm doing one right now. It's called Delivered Unto Death Always. It's derived from 2 Corinthians 4.11. I know it will encourage you and bless you, and the Lord will brighten the path He puts you on if you'll listen to those sermons, and we're just getting started in those. There will be several of those little 15-minute uh, broadcast that you can find. Again, it's on the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. If you ever just want to listen to the audio, you can get the Spreaker app for your phone. Type my name in or our channel is for those who have ears to hear on that Spreaker app. I also have two Facebook pages, Curtis Hutchinson and Pastor Curtis. Every morning, somewhere between 7 and 8, I post a scripture, one scripture a day. The Pastor Curtis page presently is posting one verse a day, and we're in Psalm 64. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we're, that's the page that we do the Colossians teaching, and we're in Colossians chapter 2. And the Curtis Hutchinson page is where we're doing the uh, Psalms chapter 64. And now just think about that. We've already done Psalms 65 chapters, and we're in the 64th chapter, one verse a day. And before I ever started the book of Psalms in Psalms chapter 1, I had already done all the verses in Psalms 119. And we even have a commentary for that that you can get for a donation there on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Go and see what's in the store for you. And uh, we're just excited. You can ask to be my friend, Curtis Hutchinson, or you can follow, like, and follow the Pastor Curtis page. And uh, we're just so excited about everything the Lord's allowing us to do here at Crossway Church. One last thing, we send 10 expositor study Bibles every week into the prison system. The Bibles that are being requested is the Expositor Study Bible and by the inmates, and we send that to them. It takes $40 per Bible to get it into the hands of the inmates. So I ask you to pray about 
helping us do that. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of that, you can, you can give as easily as texting the word give to the number 903 231 5950. That's again, it's 903-231-5950. And you'll see one of the options there is Bibles to Inmates. So thank you for your help. Grab your Bibles this morning. This is 2 Peter chapter 3, part 2 of this chapter on this third day of November 2023. I'm just excited to be gathered around God's Word with God's people. I know He's got a blessing for us as He deposits truth right into our hearts. You know when He does because your feet are going to be found in it, walking in it. Hallelujah. Okay, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 is where we are. And Peter writes this in his last little portion of his last letter, verse 8, But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Think about this now. Verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. These are beautiful words penned by the Apostle Peter at the impartation of the Holy Spirit for him to be able to write these words and us to be able to be here today reading these words and learning the truth of these words is a miracle all in itself. I'm telling you, it's a miracle. And we want to talk about this for a little bit today concerning this one thing Peter said we're not to be ignorant of, and that is that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Now, I personally believe that he means that Literally, and we will see it in the scriptures. I do not mean that it is limited to, and I do not believe that it is limited to, that God doesn't need time, though He doesn't. And God, and many times you hear men say that God doesn't work in time. Well, if God's doing anything in your life, it's in time, this time that you're in now. So <coughs> God doesn't need anything. But he's created us, and he created uh, the world 
And everything in it in six literal 24-hour days is really, if you go back and you study in Genesis, as we brought out before, you will see that he was bringing everything back into creation, back into existence, back into operation, because it had already been here before. And that's obvious. Don't want to get into that today, but that's obvious in the Word, where the Bible says that, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, you know, there in Genesis right off the bat. Well, God didn't create it that way, and Isaiah 45, 18 tells us that. So we know that something had been here and something had happened uh, to destroy everything, and then God would begin to bring everything back into existence again. And this time, what would be different would be that God would create man in his own image. And whatever had been before has really no, no meaning for us now that we need to know of or God would have put it in his word all about it. But when he created man in his own image, this is when that God would wrap wrap this the things up on the earth and bring it to a finality and eventually have it just like he'd planned from the very beginning. And uh, we're just thankful to know that we're a part of that today. But God, on the first day, he did something. He, he created something. And the second day, all the way through the six days, and then on the seventh day, he rested. Now, each one of those days, literal 24-hour periods, I believe, according to the Scriptures, represent a 1,000-year period. And I do. I took a picture of something, and I'll go ahead and share it with you because I'm not going to get all into this too deep. But there's a video that you can go and watch if you have something to write with. Get ready to write it down. But there's a video you can go and watch and it's about two hours long, and it is a phenomenal video uh, that gets into this, what I'm just going to talk about a little bit today in a great way, and it's called the uh, Messiah 2030. And it's really referring to the second coming of Christ. It's referring to this, a thousand years to man is but a day to God. And I want to read, or, or just I would show it to you, but I'd probably get in trouble by whoever, you know, the people are that put it out, and I'm surely not going to play the video, but there's nothing wrong with me telling you that it's on YouTube, and it's called Messiah 2030, and you will be greatly encouraged by what is on the video. But I'll just give you a little bit of today uh, in this picture that I took of it concerning this, a thousand years to man is but one day to God, and one day to God is as a thousand years. And in day one, we, we see in our Bibles that God uh, separated light from darkness. And what I'm going to share with you now is Everything that God did on each day of literal creation is something happened in that first 
1,000-year period, which is as a day to God, that would, would uh, be, be uh, you know, like something great happened in the 1,000-year period that is as a day to God that He created on the first day. And same all the way through these days. So just watch this and, and listen to this rather and be blessed. So on the first day, God separated light from darkness in creation. And, and in the first 1,000-year period, you remember what happened with the first Adam that... He, when he sinned, when Adam and Eve sinned, see, they were clothed in light. They, 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 they were clothed with the very light of God. And when they sinned, darkness came in. The promise had to come in so God could, for them, separate light from darkness again because they were flooded with darkness. But when God brought the light of the promise of his Son, the Redeemer, the seed of the woman, well then once again light could be separated from that darkness that flooded them. And you know that was the first day, that first 1,000 year period. And everybody knows that Adam lived to be 930 years old. And the Lord had already told him, you, you, you may freely eat of all the trees in the garden, but don't eat off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. And we know, according to the Scriptures, that Adam did die spiritually. He was severed from the things of God. He was cut off. He, 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 he was, he was uh, totally consumed in a moment when sin entered his heart with self. Instead of totally being God-conscious, he was self-conscious now, and everything changed, and his heart was flooded with darkness. He, he, he became a sin nature. He had a sin nature, something he didn't have before. So, but, but he did not make it. The first Adam did not make it out of the first day to God, which was a 1,000-year period. He lived to be 930 years old. So I want you to think about that. His, and, and we know that... Uh, his body went back to being dust. And so this, this thousand years to man being but a day to God and a day to God being as a thousand years to men, uh, this is not the first time you see that in, in Peter. And I'll come back to this. I want to re go through all these days, but uh, I want to share with you where this came from, that Peter, see what Peter wrote, he pulled it from the Old Testament. And, and, and this is a prayer of Moses written in the book of Psalms, chapter 90, verse 4. And this is what the prayer was, a part of it. For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past. And as a watch... In the night, and I'm going to read that again because <clears throat> Peter didn't just make this up, and he didn't just—he wasn't just given this by the Holy Spirit out of nothing. This is really being pulled from the Book of Psalms, a prayer of Moses, Psalms 90, verse four. Let's read it again. 
For a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, and as a watch in the night. So we know that a thousand years to men is but a day to God. So we saw in day one when God separated light from darkness in the first 1,000 year period, man sinned and became darkness. Remember Ephesians says we are the darkness. We became the darkness when we sinned. And then he brought the promise. God entered the promise of the Redeemer and light was separated from darkness again because of the truth of the Redeemer. And that happened in the first 1,000 year period, that first day. On the second day, the earth was covered in water and, and, and separated from the earth was separated from the water on the second day. In the second thousand year period, earth was once again covered by water and then separated from it again in Noah's flood. So what we're trying to see here today is that in each day of literal creation, something happened in the second thousandth year period, which is a day to God that relates to what he did in creation on that day. Day three, land yielded seed bearing fruit in creation on the third day of creation and in the period between two and three thousandth year period, Abraham's seed promised to receive the land. And Israel given seed being the word and planted in the promised land. Planted as that seed in the promised land. On day, this is beautiful. It's, it's just beautiful. On day four, the greater light, the sun, was created. Between, on the fourth, in, during the four thousand, the third, the 4,000th year being but a day to God, the Messiah came as light, John 12 and 46. And the Messiah came as sun, S-U-N, of righteousness, Malachi 4.2. Remember, this is the day that the greater light, the sun, was created. And let me repeat this again. And on this, in this 1,000 year period that relates to that fourth day, the Messiah came as Malachi says, the Son, S-U-N of righteousness, in Malachi 4-2 and Luke 1, 78 and 79. On day five, fish and birds are created and instructed to multiply. In this 1,000, next 1,000 year period, fishers of men and the dove as the Holy Spirit Came, came into being here among men, and the Spirit in disciples, multiplication of disciples. This fish and birds are created. We see fishers of men and the Holy Spirit as a dove, and we see the Spirit being given into the, into the disciples and multiplication of disciples. So 
In the sixth day, and this is beautiful when you really watch the video, the guy just goes all into it. He's not just barely mentioning it like me, and you'll get much more out of it if you watch the video. But day six, man was created on day six and, you know, commanded to multiply and fill the earth and have dominion over the creation of God. And between the fifth and 6,000th year, the population of man increased exponentially. I mean, the earth has multiplied like never before in, in this last 1,000-year period. And we know that the seventh day, the last day, God rested. And we also know that Jesus, when he comes... Not the rapture, but the second coming. When we all, all the saints come with him, we will be ruling and reigning with him for 1,000 years. That is the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is as a 1,000 years to men, but a day to God. And we will reign with him in that 1,000-year period, the last day of the Lord in a rest with him, ruling and reigning with him. And I want to go back to the scripture. I want to read Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. They lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. And I want to say this, that the first Adam did not make it out of the first day. In that day, the first day, the first 1,000-year period, he didn't make it out of. But the last Adam, the Bible doesn't say second Adam. He says the last Adam. The last Adam will rule and reign in it. The, the last day, the day of the Lord in its completeness, it won't get cut short. The first Adam sinned and brought sin and death to the whole world and he died in the day that he ate of the tree, being that first 1,000 year period, the first day of God. And Jesus, when he comes, we will come with him. And the day of the Lord, he will rule and reign. We will live and reign with him for a thousand years. And it will be a time of rest as it relates to the seventh day that God rested in it natural creation six days. Then God rested from his works. The 7,000th year period, my friends, which is knocking loud at the door right now. We are at the end of this 6,000th years. We're at the end of this sixth day. And 
a few more things have to happen, such as the rapture of the church, because we're all going to be coming back with him, the Bible says, when he comes from heaven. And we're, that, that, my friends, is the day of the Lord. That's why in the Old Testament, all those references to the things that are going to happen in the day of the Lord. Uh, judgment and restoration, thats they're all referring to the, the day, that last 1,000 year period of the Lord. The day, that day that will be a thousand years to men, but a day to God, and it's beautiful. This is all beautiful. And the reason Peter is writing about all of this, encouraging <clears throat> the people of God, is because there are people dropping out. There are people beginning to scoff and mock at the promise of the Savior's coming. And this is not just the world, my friend. The world don't even believe in at all. So this is talking about people who, and if you, if you go back up, You'll see that if we can find this uh, here uh, in verse 3, he says, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers. The last days or the, the, the last days is the is the fifth day and the sixth day. That's the last days. The last two days to God are the last 2,000-year period uh, among men. In the last days, the last two days, there's going to be scoffers that rise up, mockers. And what are they going to be doing? They're going to be walking after their own lust. So it's not just saying, verse 4, where's the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things just keep on going. They keep continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. So these, these folks, it's not just that they say this, although the scriptures say they will, but they say this because they've opted out of waiting and looking for the Messiah, and they've join the ranks of those who are walking after the, 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 the lust of their own flesh. You remember when Israel came out of Egypt by the mighty right hand of God, by the blood that was put on the doorpost, the firstborn in all Egypt, men and animal were killed, and then <clears throat> Egypt gave... Uh, on the way out the door gave Israel uh, their riches, all their riches and everything. And when they got out there in the desert, Moses went up the mountain and he didn't come back when they thought he should have come back. And he didn't come back when they thought he should come back. So they began to live according to the lust of their flesh again and they built a golden calf. And they put it over by the altar, and God don't accept the cross and anything. It's just the cross. It's just the blood of Jesus. It's just His death on Calvary's cross. It's not that and. It's just that. It's exclusively that. And if it's not, God won't accept even what you're calling you're trusting in the sacrifice. If, if it's the sacrifice and, then to God it's not even the sacrifice because if you're trusting in the sacrifice, that means 
that you don't you that you know you don't need anything else. But if you're trusting in the cross and the and the and is telling God from the heart that the cross wasn't enough. And see, that's how God sees it. So the the the, the way you don't have to be a mocker or scoffer with your lips. We do we we can mock and scoff God by the way we're living instead of waiting on the Lord, looking for that hope of righteousness by the Spirit through faith, instead of living for the Lord, instead of surrendering and yielding to Him every day, we can put Him on the shelf, so to speak, and just go our own way and say, yeah, we still believe. We, we believe, but you know, ain't no telling how long this is going to come. So let's see this on down here a little bit. In verse 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slack... Remember that word slack, we're going to talk about it. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise. That means the promise of His coming. As some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. You look the word repentance up, it means a change of direction, a change of mind, uh, a turning from our sin and following Christ is what it means, acknowledging the truth. And so unless we're doing that, the Bible says we're opposing ourselves. Do you realize that if we're not following the way of truth, that we're opposing our own selves? We're opposing I'm opposing myself. You know where that's at in the Bible? Get you a pencil and a piece of paper and write it down. Look at it when we're through. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26. If I'm not acknowledging the truth in my life, in my decisions, I'm opposing myself. As a, I'm opposing myself. And what I need is repentance. Amen. So watch this now. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, this Bible verse is telling us that the reason the Lord hadn't come yet is because He's still trying to save every-breathing human being on the planet. <laughs> oh, you got to know that. God is trying to save everybody. He wants to save everybody. He loves the world enough to have given His Son. He's trying to save the world. He's, if, listen, if He wasn't long-suffering, then you wouldn't have made it. Think about that. Think about, think about that. If he, the Bible says the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. If He wasn't long-suffering, we wouldn't have made it. But He is long-suffering. That means he, He's not late. He's not tardy, and that's what the word slack means. Let's look at it. Let's click on it here in the Bible app. Look at it. It means, the word uh, slack here means to delay. It means uh, to be slow. To, to, and when you click on the word, uh, where are we at here? When you click on the word slackness, men count the Lord as being slack. It, it means tardiness. Tardiness, slowness. In other words, the Lord is late. That's just like they did about Moses up the mountain. We don't know what's happened to this fella. 
We ain't waiting on him no more. Let's build us a golden calf. My friend, that's what the church has done today. You're not called to build anything. He's the builder of his church. You're to let him be building you, and you're to be waiting and looking. Titus chapter 2. Let me see if I have that. I think I put it in my notes. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. Add this to your notes, my friend, and let's read this together. Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 13. For the grace of God, why don't you just go ahead and say that? The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world while we're waiting. Hallelujah. Watch verse 13, though, because this is a part of what grace brings to us. This is a part of what grace teaches us to do, looking for that blessed, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. These people who are mockers and scoffers, listen, they're not mockers and scoffers just because they verbally say things like, well, where's the promise of His coming? He ain't come yet. I'm telling you, folks, we mock God and scoff God, or we think we are. You can't really mock Him, but we are mockers and scoffers at the things of God, it's, you can't mock God. The Bible says God's not mocked. Whatever you sow, that you'll reap. You're not, you're not going to overcome God. You're not going to hit God with a rock. God can't be mocked. Whatever a man, whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. So mockers and scoffers are only mocking at and scoffing at the promise of God. It's all they're doing. And so, and, and that only, that, listen, when we mock and scoff at the promise of God, it's like throwing a rock up. It's only going to come back down and crush our head. It's only, listen, mocking and scoffing at the promise or promises of God is like digging a hole because, for yourself because you're the one going in it. You, you, you can't escape. You cannot escape mocking at the promises and the things of God. You, you can't escape it. You are the one that's going to pay the price for mocking and scoffing with an unhappy, a miserable, uh, a, a corrupt, uh, and possibly even a destructive lifestyle that could find itself not just mocking and, and, and scoffing with a fleshly lust life, but you could even find yourself moving completely away from even believing the Lord anymore just because He hasn't come when you think He ought to come. Amen. Listen, the Lord's coming. Listen, we're awful prideful in America to think just when things get tough. Well, this is a sign of the rapture. Now, things been tough all over the world for a mighty long time. And can I remind you that God's got people in every nation, tribe, and tongue. Hallelujah. That's right. Even the things you're seeing on television right now, there's there's some people of God in some of these nations that seems like almost everybody there, and predominantly most of them are satanic, I'm sure, but God's got some people, God's got some people, every nation, tribe, and tongue. So these people, uh, they're mocking and scoffing just by at the things of God, at the coming of the Lord, at the coming of the day of the Lord, just
waiting, just by not looking for, just by living according to their own fleshly lust. Amen. I know it to be true. So he says that this word slackness is tardiness, like the Lord's late. You know, He ain't on time. Can I assure you the Lord is never late? He's always on time. And when He comes for us, you're going to see that it was right on time. Hallelujah. I believe every Christian that's, that, that, that sees the Lord, if, if these bodies perish, the Bible says to be absent from this body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And I do believe that one of the first thoughts we're going to have is, my Lord, that was right on time. Hallelujah. And even in the rapture, when we're taken and we see him, I believe we're going to say, Lord, that was right on time because he's an on-time God. Hallelujah. But he's not late. He's not tardy. He's not slow. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son born of a woman under the law to redeem us from our the curse of the law, hallelujah, in the fullness of times. He's going to take us out of here. We're going to be called away in the fullness of his time. We're coming back with him to reign with him in the day of the Lord. Let's look at this now in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. He, it's going to be like a thief in the night when he comes. The world's not going to be ready for it. But it's the day. And when Jesus comes back and all his saints with him, which is prophesied in the Old Testament, prophesied in the New Testament, we're coming back. The church, all of God's people are coming back with Christ and, and, and that is going to be the closeout of the last days and the day of the Lord. That last 1,000 year period is going to be inaugurated by his judgment of the, the nations and his throne established in Jerusalem. And the, the world going into a time of rest that it has never, ever known since before Adam sinned. And, and more than likely, it's going to be a greater, greater time than that because Christ is going to be here ruling and reigning, not with a Senate and a Congress, not with all these other things, but His people as the kings and the priests of His nation and His rule for 1,000 years a day to God, 1,000-year reign of rest, amen, is going to be that day of the Lord. That's why when you go back and you begin to run a reference in the Bible on the day of the Lord, you'll see that almost all of its references, the day of the Lord, is speaking about the last 1,000-year period, Christ coming to rule in the day of the Lord. And I need to say it again. The first Adam didn't make it out of the day, the first day. In the day he, 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 he ate of the tree he was told not to eat of, he died. And we're going to be with Christ for the last 1,000-year period, the day of the Lord, the day of God. And... And the tree of life 
the, the, the trees, rather, that, that have the leaves on them to heal the, the nations when they get sick are going to be available. Not going to be any wars, not going to be any rumors of wars. There, there, there won't be any need to talk about war because there's not going to be any weapons. They're going to all be melted down, turned into plowshares, and it's going to be a thousand years of peace. Hallelujah. And that's going to be considered the day of the Lord. Let's read it again. But the day of the Lord, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now this is talking about the end, the end of the day of the, the end of the day of the Lord. What we know that because watch Seeing then that all these things be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what things? Let's back up and read it again. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now this is the end of the day of the Lord. When at the end of that seventh day is when the new earth and the new heavens are created. We read about in Revelation and Isaiah. And the new Jerusalem comes and sits on the new earth. The new Jerusalem not going to sit on the old earth. The new Jerusalem going to sit on the new earth. And because, look at verse 11 though. Seeing then, only if you're seeing this looking at the truth, the promise of this, and waiting by the grace of God on these promises to come, are you going to be, uh, 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 listen to this, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation, meaning the word there is conduct and godliness. The people who are waiting for God, looking for the day of the Lord, looking for their Savior, His glorious appearing, are the people who are living the godly lives that they've been given by Christ to live. Amen. Hallelujah. This is good stuff. So those people are the ones who are looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens shall be shall be on fire, they being on fire, shall be dissolved. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we according to his promise, nevertheless, we here and now, according to his promise, what about us now? What are we supposed to be doing? You know how many people tell me all the time, I still don't know what I'm supposed to be doing as a Christian. You, man, you should look here. It tells you one of the things right here. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, no, verse 13, back up. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. I'm telling you right now, folks, there ain't no Christians 
looking for this city wherein dwells righteousness, this new earth, rather, and new heavens wherein dwells righteousness, except those who love His righteousness, those who are serving obedience unto righteousness, one of the Two, one of the two avenues in which we can be found moment by moment living. Nobody is looking for this as we, we say we are, but then our lives show we're not. Let's read it again. Verse 14, Wherefore, no, here it is. Verse 11, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness, comma? Here's what we ought to be doing. Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, nevertheless us right now, according to his promise, we're going to keep looking for these new heavens. We're going to keep looking for this new earth wherein dwells that which we love, that which we become, that which we've been robed in, that which our feet has been set in the path of, that, that the footsteps in which we're following, hallelujah, that which we love, that which we hunger and thirst for, which is the righteousness of our God, all through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we love. That's what we're after. That's what we're looking for. We already are righteous in Christ. We've already been robed in His righteousness. We've already been put in the path of righteousness. We've already been made servants of that righteousness. And if we're experiencing all that, my friend, we are looking. We are looking and hurrying, hasting. That word means hastening. It means to be, we, we want this thing to hurry up and get here, but, but we're not growing weary because it's not here yet. We're not, we're not considering just, uh, well, we might as well start doing what we want makes us feel good and just living according to nothing but the pleasures and the leisures and the comforts of this world because ain't no telling when he's coming. That right there is dangerous, my friend. That's very dangerous. But we should be looking for and hurrying unto the coming of the day of God, that last day. And the last, when he, I believe it here, uh, this day of God mentioned here is talking about the last of the last day, the ending of that last 1,000-year period, which is but a day to God, where the heavens are going to be on fire and dissolve, and the elements also of the earth, they're, they're, going, to, they're going to burn up, and the new heavens, new earth, going to be established by God. And he says here in verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, if you are looking for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Uh, so let's read it again. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, moment by moment, be found diligent, be found moment by moment, by him, found of him in peace without spot and blameless. You say, well, I got 
plenty of spots. And I'm, I'm, I don't feel blameless. My friend, it's not about how you feel. It's about what Jesus accomplished for you at Calvary and has brought you into. You know, we have the victory in Christ Jesus. We, we already have died with Him. We've been buried with Him. We've already been raised to newness of life in Him. Hallelujah. And, and, and when, when we're tempted about, uh, by things in this world, we just need to get real right there and say, well, what, what am I going to give way to? Am I going to give way? Even if we have failed, hear me this day, hear me this moment, even if we have failed and it's real, it really happened, we really failed God, we really sinned, even if it, you were tempted and it happened, you sinned, listen, you got to get real right there in that moment and you got to choose to hold dear that which, listen, you got to go beyond what you can see you did. You got to choose to believe and trust in more than what you did, more than how you felt. You got to, in that moment, to keep from going on deeper in that failure, you got to choose that which you can't see with the natural eye, but you can believe with the heart that you did die with Jesus because he died for you, that you can believe that, that you are with him and wherever he is, you are, and you can be cleansed from that in every moment. You can be cleansed from every sin that has easily beset you. You can be cleansed from all unrighteousness, all doubt and unbelief, my friend. You, you <clears throat> See, there's, there's moments when we're tempted and even those more fiery moments when we have uh, given in to that temptation because we didn't choose to behold Calvary with, with the, the measure of faith that we were given. And we went the way and we failed. I'm, tell, I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to me. I'm talking to everybody right now. When we failed, we have to choose in that moment to believe that which cannot be scientifically proven, cannot be seen with the tangible eye, but is true in our hearts that Jesus died for me and I died with him. Hallelujah. And I am a new creation in him. I believe in what I can't see with my natural eye above and beyond what I can see with my natural eye and what I feel with my natural body. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This is where the rubber meets the highway, my friend. This is, the, this is where we'll have to choose and grasp a hold of the, 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 the finished work of Jesus tighter than ever before. The Bible says to keep from fainting and growing weary in our minds, we got to keep considering the one who endured such contradiction of sinners. If we don't, we'll grow weary and faint in our minds and we'll become the very mockers and scoffers we're reading about here. We, we won't be doing it with our lips at first, but we'll be doing it with our wayward, fleshly, lustful lives, showing God that we don't believe He's coming today, because surely if we did, we'd be looking for Him and living godly and holy before Him. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody, just doing a little preaching this morning. Praise be to God. Oh, let's read this again. Wherefore, verse 14, Wherefore, beloved, 
seeing that you look for such things, if you are looking for such things, be diligent that you may be found of Him. See, God's still looking for you. He's still looking. Remember when He found Peter? Not presenting, not bearing fruit based from his justification. He had, the Lord had to, through Paul, bring a, a rebuke to Peter to get him back on track because Peter wasn't found by God. I hope you, listen, there's a lot of Christians that don't really even ever think about God seeing them right now. He's beholding you right now, my friend. He's, you, you are found in this very moment in some one of two ways with God. Trusting in Him from the heart and footsteps in the way He's called you to walk, you find in the Scriptures. Is that where you're found today? We're not talking about per sinless perfection, but we are talking about living godly and holy lives as we wait on the one we claim we're waiting on. Because if we're looking for Him, the Bible says we'll be abstaining from worldly flesh. Listen, most Christians don't even know and they're not even aware of the reality that God is looking and God is acknowledging. That's, that's, we should know that by the stories we read in the Bible. <clears throat> we should understand that when we our own selves quote Bible verses like, well, he'll never leave me or forsake me. Well, what do we think that means? We say a lot of stuff that we get out of the Bible, but what is that that we mean when we say that? Do we say that just to make ourselves feel better? Or are we learning the reality that if He will never leave me, that means He's always here. And if He won't fail me, that means He's offering me the experience which is not failing. Although I will fail, He's constantly offering me the power and the life of Christ that cannot fail. You see, I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live. But it's not me. It's Christ now living in me. And the life I now live, if I'm living, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. You can live for God. You can live a godly and holy life, my friend, before God. You can be found of God living a godly and a holy life if you'll stop worrying about what your friends and your family and your neighborhood and your town and your classmates and your co-workers and those you've maybe been in church with all your life think. That's the fear of men. It's a snare. The Bible tells us more than one place. But if you'll allow the fear of the Lord to work in your heart, then it will bring with it a strong confidence and you will be delivered from the snares of men and the snares of death. Proverbs 14, 26, and 27. You can live a godly and a holy life. It's far more than going to church on Sunday and Wednesday. It's far more than reading a few verses in the Bible every day. It's living 
a godly and a holy life. And the only people who are doing that are the people who are looking for His coming. But not everybody who's waiting on His coming is even doing that because we see the story about the ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. The five foolish virgins were also waiting. They were also waiting, but they didn't have in their lamp what would give them what they needed, which was light, the oil, so they weren't ready when He came. So in all reality, they only thought they were waiting. They only thought they were looking. But in all reality, they weren't because had they been, they would have had in their lamp the oil they needed for the light they needed. Don't forget that. A lot of people looking and waiting for a Redeemer those who have their faith anchored in the sacrifice of Christ, not by lip service, but in the heart, they're the ones who are looking and waiting and hastening unto the coming day of the Lord. And my friends, it's knocking on the door. It's knocking on the door. We are at the end of the last days. The two-day period. The two-day period, the last days, <clears throat> began when Jesus came. And the last days, the last days, two days period, will end when He comes back with all the saints at the second coming of Christ. The day of the Lord. The day of of the Lord, the thousand-year reign of the Lord. A thousand years to man is but a day to God. And a day to God is but a thousand years to men. And you and I are at the brink of leaving this old world. You ought to be shouting right now. You ought to be praising God right now. I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you have. I hope the Lord's been able to give you something that you need, a little wisdom, a little knowledge, a little encouragement, a little strength, something today He desires for you to be able to have in your hearts. You see, our Lord desires truth in the inward parts, not just on the outward in the inward parts. He works from the inside out. So be an encouragement to others by sharing this on social media. Allowing others to hear these great truths. And don't forget the video that I uh, brought to your attention. It's called Messiah 2030. If you've not watched it, take the time to watch it. You'll be encouraged you might have to stop it a few times and, and let your minds rest in what you're hearing. And you might have to watch it two or three times as I have. It's very good. It's very interesting, very encouraging. And so praise the Lord for that. I'll see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. 
and uh, looking forward to service this uh, Sunday morning and uh, just looking forward to every moment of the rest of my life with Jesus. How about you? I hope so. If the Lord stirs your heart to be a part of this ministry, to give an offering to Him or to help us with the Bibles, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. I love you. And I pray His touch be upon body, soul, and spirit. Today you will find, I pray it be so, that you will find the very power and the wisdom of God and the miracle-working hands of Jesus in your every situation. And I give Him all the praise for it. Hallelujah. Till next time. Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.